Hi, this is John Ritter, and welcome to another episode of the Rise Up Country podcast. Over the next few minutes, we're going to be spreading our message of hope and inspiration with two of country music's biggest artists. Joe Nichols is going to take us on a ride of what he's most thankful for, and Lainey Wilson is going to share what trumps all the awards that she has ever won. Plus, we're going to hear from the real stars of the Rise Up Country podcast, listeners just like you who have called in and shared their stories. Today, we're going to hear how a guardian angel can show up and save a person's life in a desperate time of need, and how a child's little voice can help a person turn their life around and overcome an addiction. Let's start off with an old friend of mine. We've been hanging out for a while, my buddy, Joe Nichols. I remember sitting down with Joe Nichols on a Zoom interview, and I kind of threw him off when I showed him a picture of him and I from years ago at one of those country radio seminar events. He couldn't believe it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. Man, that's back then. That's probably 2003, 2002. Is that crazy or what? Yeah, that is crazy. Oh, my Man. gosh. And then I went back and started digging up some of the uh, – some of our conversations that I found a funny one. Now I live in Nashville out by um, uh, the Loveless Cafe. And then I also mm. still live in St. Petersburg, Florida. And okay. every time I drive up by Fifth Avenue North and I turn, I remember the brakes going out on my car, McGee, and going all the way to the ground and having to turn, jump oh my up gosh. and smash into the side of the building in order to stop the car. And you said, I had the same experience. I did the same thing. Yeah, I had a 1969 Chevy truck and it did the same thing. Brake booster went out, pedal to the floor and just ran right into the side of a gas station. That's but crazy. You know, the, the blessing that you had that I didn't have as I read the interview is your mom went down and just reamed those people and you oh. ended up with a new vehicle. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, embarrassing but it felt good that she kind of went in her stuck stuck up for me and and they she was so uh aggressive that they were like here just pick one on the lot and go home <laughs> please just leave us right uh, that's awesome is your mom still with you oh yeah yeah she uh she actually just came down to texas and visited uh this let this last week with my sister yeah oh man what a blessing that is man i, I yes, lost sir. mine I lost my mom and my dad early. I mean, my dad was Sorry, 56 man. and my mom was 63. Is that crazy? That's, that is. That's too young. That's too yeah. young. Yeah. And then I was thinking about that, too, that you and I kind of grew up that way. We grew up through the school of hard knocks. And Definitely. the big plus for us, for our kids, is we've got a lot of stories to tell, don't we? Oh, man. Got a lot of experience to draw off of. You know, I, my... Uh, my youngest two are now kind of at an age where they can understand some of the stuff that I grew up with a little bit, right. not a lot of it, but, but, uh, you know, kind of the hard times. And, you know, I can say, you know, when I was a boy, when daddy was a boy, daddy didn't have the luxury of these things that you have. So you need to appreciate where, you know, well, we've, I think we've talked about this where, you know, you, you want your kids to stand on your shoulders and, you know, their kids will stand on their shoulders. You know, that's what we're kind of trying to raise up out of our childhood and give them a better one. And so they can start to understand kind of where daddy came from and kind of what life was like for him. And it's a completely different world than they live in right. today. Yeah, you try to explain it, but when you watch the way they live, it's like 
they have no idea, man. Oh man. <laughs> you know? And that's by design. That's a good I didn't I didn't want them to be a you know aware of you know that kind of life. I'm glad that they kind of have a different experience as a child than I did. Oh, I think that's a great way to put it. Because I don't want them to have the same kind of struggles. Yeah. I remember I always tell them because when they're doing something, I go, I'll tell you the worst job I ever had. I said, as a kid, I had to, I went, put myself through college, and then I played music on the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then I had to go work construction, you know, so as I work construction, a guy told me one time that had an insurance thing, he goes, well, why don't you come here and repair the fire damaged homes? I go, man, I'm in, it pays great. I'd have to go up in the, in the attic in Florida and scrape all the burnt char off of it cover up and then take silver spray paint and spray all of that so it'll be okay i think i lasted three weeks at that that's when i realized there's some things that just aren't worth the money what, kind of, what what was your worst job you had i had a couple of experiences that were that were similar um boy i'll tell you what i, I did i roofed houses one summer in joplin missouri matter of fact i was in joplin missouri when my truck the brakes went out that's what i was doing i was roofing houses up there and it was in the summertime in August, you know, and, and laying the, that roofing tile just, whoo, man, that's just hot, hot, rough work. The concrete one summer, just uh, laid concrete for maybe four or five months. And that is some backbreaking, make you, make you want to contemplate where your life is, you know, kind of work. Um, and I did cable construction for a while. I was never good at, at really you know, measurements and weights as far as, you know, building things like woodwork or anything like that. So I wasn't very good at that. My brother's really good at that, but I never really had a talent for that. But uh, if it was grunt work, I could probably do it though. Yeah. I'll tell you how things have changed. I remember one morning I got up to go, my son was probably 16 or 17. I went out to mow the lawn. My wife goes, where are you going? I said, I'm getting ready to go mow the lawn. Well, you can't, Johnny's still sleeping. <laughs> that's all the better reason to mow the lawn now. yeah and i'm going but shouldn't he be up up mowing yeah. the lawn now instead of me that's how things have changed yeah the new album i mean everything about is great you know and you know what's a good day for living um for you what what's i mean like for me a good day for living is first of all having no stress having a yeah. stress-free day going to the gym, maybe afterwards, going and getting some breakfast, setting out back. It, it doesn't yeah. have to be a lot of stuff to keep me happy right now. Walking in the woods, whatever. What's it like for you for a good day for living? Man, I, I tell you what, um, every day, and I mean this, and I, I don't mean to sound cliche about it. I really don't. Um, but every day, the circumstances may change, and it's a matter of of what I think, where my headspace is at. And everybody, every day can be a good day. So when I wake up, I try to have gratitude. I try to say, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It puts my head in a different place than saying, well, why can't this happen? Well, why don't I have this? Or why don't I have that? If I'm saying thank you, then I'm focusing on blessings and I'm having gratitude and it makes me a happy person. And so every day, you know, even when things aren't great, every day is a happy day because my perspective is different. My perspective is one of gratitude. Okay. I may not have got that, but I'm happy. I do have this. I'm grateful for that, for the 
fact that I have three beautiful girls and I'm grateful to have a wonderful wife, grateful to have the opportunity to go to work every day, grateful for all the blessings that God has given me every day of my life. I'm grateful for, believe it or not, I'm grateful for being a recovering uh, alcoholic um, because I can have a different perspective. I can be a grateful person now. I can have feelings and have a constant connection with God now. So I'm grateful every day. And so every day is a good day. Yeah, that's the right way to put it, man. And every time I get a little off track, you know, the other day, you know, I get my blood work done. Everything's great. I can go no down that whole list. And I'm going to the gym and I'm whining about something that my back's hurting. And as soon as I look, here's a guy walking out of the gym and he has two prosthetic legs. And I'm going, John, you're yeah. such a moron. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for me being able to be here and working out, you know. Yeah. And, and you just look around and you realize how blessed you are. But I yeah. still think that part of that comes from where we came from. Sure. Because nothing was easy. You know, yeah. I, I went back and looked at that because I asked you one time, do you have a Christmas you'll never forget? And I'm thinking, oh, man. And he, got, and he goes, yeah, my stepdad was thrown in jail. My mom was going to lose that. And you went on and on. Uh, and then how the church came through for your family. Yeah. So, I mean, when you start off like that, man. How good yeah. of a Christmas do you have now? Uh, absolutely. It's funny. We we're talking about this. You know, I, I told you my mom was just in town uh, for the week visiting uh, with, with my sister. And we share it. We, we talked about that very thing. She's the, you know, we, I remember telling you boys, talking about me and my brother, that, you know, we weren't going to have a Christmas this year. And it's just how it was. You know, things were just in a wreck and we just couldn't recover right away. And just, you know, we were kind of old enough. I guess we can understand that a little bit. but the first Baptist church of P Ridge, this two little old ladies showed up our door with these black garbage bags and they were full of gifts, you know, that they'd collected from, you know, the church. And it was like, it was the best Christmas ever because people were thinking about us, you know, and, and were giving to us. And we didn't know really anybody. We were kind of fairly new in town. We'd gone to the church, but that was about it. But um, it's a Christmas I'll never forget. One of the best things, I think, best gifts um, that I could ever receive is the fact that people that didn't even know, know us you know, gave, gave us something that, you know, was pretty, uh, pretty special, just very loving feeling, you know, when we remember it today, one of the best things that ever happened. Oh man. I was almost in tears when I heard the story and you described it. I'm like, Oh my gosh. And, and I think you hit the key, the key. And I say this to my kids often when I do something, I go, how many people do you think today actually took the time to think of you and go out of their way to make sure something was taken care of for you. Because yeah. that's a big thing, that somebody actually took the time to think of you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's another key to being happy. Heather and I talk about this all the time. Doing for others is, is one of the key to happiness. If you step out of yourself and be of service to other people, especially when nobody's looking and you don't expect anything in return, yeah, that is that's happiness, mm -hmm. stepping out of yourself and doing it for other people. And so to piggyback on what you're saying is imagine how many people are doing for others, including you. Yeah, I got a great story with that one. You're going to love you'll, you'll talk okay. about this for the rest of your life. So every day we we go down the road and we see this one guy walking. He had this uh, a polyester suit he wore all the time. It's real dark mm -hmm. hair. And he'd be walking. He's always looking like this. So we go up in front and we put down some half dollars and stuff. And then we got a little more brave when we go in the alley and we give him like some McDonald gift cards or some cash. 
And then around Christmas time, I saw him again. And I took some clothes and I went to give him the clothes. He's like, nah, 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 nah. But he took the McDonald's cards and he took the cash. And I said, well, that's great. Well, move ahead about two years. And my sister's taking the kids to school. And they go, Aunt Norma, Aunt Norma. That's, that's the guy that walks the street. The, the homeless guy that dad and us guys always give money to. She goes, he's not homeless. He lives right behind me. He's just walking because he likes to walk. <laughs> Imagine what that was, guy was thinking. Boy, this, this is incredible. He, he's been taking all of our money and stuff for two years. Oh, my God. Awesome. Incredible conversation I have with Joe Nichols. What a great guy. Maybe Joe's story inspired you to share one with us. Well, you can on our Rise Up Country Hope line at 844-717-7774. Or if you want to make a comment on our Facebook page, just go to Rise Up Country or follow us on Instagram at Rise Up Country. Well, I always say the true stars of the Rise Up Country podcast are listeners just like you that share their stories. This gentleman here called into our Rise Up Country radio show and told us all about a guardian angel. Good morning. Thanks for giving me a call. This is John. Good morning, John. I have a uh, story of victory I'd like to share for anyone who may have doubts that there are possibly angels or the realm of God protecting. I was working in a pole barn this week, 16 foot in the air with an extension ladder leaning against a cable. I was at the top of the ladder. The cable snapped. Well, uh, things got fuzzy, but uh, I, I knew I had to separate myself from the ladder. Somewhere I jumped. Long story short, I was unconscious three to five minutes. I woke up to my buddy, had a uh, wet towel on my head, saying we're taking to the hospital. And the core of the story is, I went and had the CT scan, absolutely nothing. The doctor's checking me out and giving me mental tests. And he's like, dude, you fell 16 feet. I've got to say you had a concussion because you were out three to five minutes. Hmm. But you show no signs. And I'm going to release you. And that was on Monday. And I still have had no body pain at all. You would... You know, I would think I'd have a wrist or an elbow or I've had nothing. And, and I totally believe angels grabbed me and gently laid me down. I do have four staples in my head, three staples in my head. But uh, those are coming out Monday. And thank you, Lord. Absolutely. Thank you, Lord. I mean, that's a pretty traumatic fall right there. That's what I tell, I tell my kids that all the time. I said, look, the only problem with Dad anymore, he can still fall. He just can't bounce back up. Well, you know, that's, that's it. And uh, another thing, uh, having you say that, I, I am 66 years old. And, you know, it's just uh, it's amazing. And it's, it's true to a loving, kind God that uh, I was totally protected. And I just wanted to share that and tell people. Just ask. You will be protected, and you will get through whatever comes your way. Man, Denny, that's nothing short of a miracle. What a story. It is it is unbelievable, and I'm happy to share it, and I'm happy to be hopefully a good witness and a good testament because I could not, as you, I'm sure, I could not live a day complete without God in my life because uh, 
it just he makes life so easy. <laughs> that's uh, that's the truth, isn't it? Hey, God bless you, it man, is. and thanks for sharing your story with us. Thank you, partner. Love your show. You got it, buddy. Bye. Bye. You know, maybe Denny's story inspired you to share one with us. Well, you can on our Rise Up Country Hope line at 844-717-7774. Or if you want to make a comment, go to our Facebook page at Rise Up Country or follow us on Instagram at Rise Up Country. Well, this lady here made some changes in her life because of one little girl. Good morning. You're on the Rise Up Show. This is John. How are you, Patricia? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. You got a story for us? Yes, I do. <laughs> um, I was kind of living life in the fast lane. I was tangled up in drugs and just all kinds of mess, I would say. <laughs> yeah, stuff you don't even want to talk about or think about. Well, it's kind of made me who I am today. Mm-hmm. Um, I got arrested in 2005, and I spent five days and five nights in jail. And my little girl was brought to see me, and she asked me, Mommy, have you been a bad girl? Oh, gosh. And I broke down and I cried. And I said, yes, baby, I have. And that's that's what caused my turning point in my life. I've been clean for three years now, and I'm in church, and I take my little girl to church. And ever since I've gotten myself back into the church and everything, Things have been going so good in my life. I've I start school the 18th for registered nursing classes, and just everything's looking so much better. I got to tell you, that just broke my heart. You telling me that isn't that something? That little girl looks at you and says, "Mommy, have you been a bad girl?" Oh my gosh! Yeah, she was three or four then. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the mouth of babes. I guess Jesus knew what he was talking about, didn't he? Yeah, he sent me my message through my little girl. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for sharing that with our listeners. Don't forget, you can always share your story with us on the Rise Up Country Hope Line at 844-717-7774. I remember sitting down and having a conversation with country artist Lainey Wilson, and she reminded me of the things that are really important, and it's not about award shows. Good to see you. Always great talking to you. Right back at you, my friend. You have quite the fun little life, don't you? It's a ride. It is a ride. Now, um, Bell Bottom Country, when I think about that and think about your dad wanting to do the Glenn Campbell stuff, he kind of lived through that hippie era. Is that where this came from or where did it come from for you? So to be honest with you, first of all, I've always just been obsessed with Bell Bottoms, even as a little girl. My mama gave me this leopard blueprint pair of bell bottoms. And at one point she was like, you got to take them off, Laney. We got to wash them. Um, but I just love things that are throwback. I think they come with a good story. And I, mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for a dang good story. So I think that's really where it kind of, you know, came about probably in 2015 or so. I was really trying to figure out what could I do to stand apart, but also be true to myself. Um And that was it. It was kind of leaning into that whole retro, bell-bottom, 70s aesthetic. Well, you do a good job with it. You follow through with it. And I think it it does let you stand out. Thank you. I appreciate it. Bell-bottom country is just country with a flair. I mean, it's 
uh, finding whatever it is that makes you you, makes you different, and leaning into it as much as you possibly can. I mean, it could be your story, where you're from, how you were raised, and I think everybody's got a little bell-bottom country about them. Oh, man, I lived through all that era. I know all about that. I, I mean, I was, I was, people would chase me down in the hallways at school and make me go home because they told me I wasn't allowed to wear my pajamas to school. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but I loved all of it. Hey, heart like a truck. I was thinking if I had to say my heart was like a truck, it would be dented. It would have broken parts. It would have a lot of miles on it. It would be just worn out and hurt. But guess what? It's still running. When you think of your heart being like a truck, how is it? Dude, that's the same same exact thing. I've been drugged through the mud, scratched up, um, just just beat to hell and back and but it's still good as new it's still a good heart um it's still worthy of love and it's still um loving you know but i was thinking too we're we're always willing to take passengers too as long as they're nice right that's right that's right along for the ride i think it's all about a journey it's a little bit about where you've been but more importantly about where you're going and where you're heading and not being ashamed of the scratches and the dents and the bumps along the way because at the end of the day that's what makes you you, and that's what gives you a story to tell. One person we've been praying and posting on and everything else, so I have to ask you, how's your dad doing? Thank you so much. Thank you. And when I tell you, I think more people have prayed for him than I, I like. I just can't even wrap my head around it. Um, and I think the only reason he is still here is because of those prayers. Um, he was just an army of, of prayer warriors. So he spent two months in a hospital from a fungal infection that pretty much took out the left side of his face, including his left eye and certain bones. He had a stroke. He had nine surgeries in a month and a half. Oh we had gosh. doctors come in and just say, you, you need to, you know, be prepared for the worst. And um, so we thought we were losing him. But I'll tell you what, there ain't nothing that my Lord can't do. And he is home. He celebrated his 60th birthday yesterday. And he is a tough son of a gun. Boy, I tell you what, you got me on that one, man. Well, you you better make me cry too, man. If you sit back and you say, I already know the number one thing, but what are you most thankful for? Oh, I'm thankful my daddy is still here. I'm thankful I'm getting to spend Thanksgiving with my family this year in Baskin. And it's just going to be so many things to celebrate and be thankful for. And, you know, it's really crazy because I feel like the last three months of my life have been the best months of my life career-wise, but when I think about my personal life, it's been pretty rough, and it's been really strange navigating that, like being really happy about one thing and really sad about something else, um, but he pulls us through. Boy, but it, life really showed you what's important, though, didn't it? He did. He said, you know what, like, these six nominations are incredible, um, but I'm going to tell you right now, the day that I got six nominations, I also got a video of my daddy in the hospital walking down the halls, and that was the first time he had walked in months. Oh, that, my God. That meant more to me. Oh, I understand. I understand. Well, listen, it's been uh, not many times I say this has been a lot of fun and a good cry. Are you I kidding know. me? Therapy. But I needed a little what? bit of therapy. Yeah, and those are tears of joy, man. I'll take those all day long instead of sadness, right? That's right. That's right. Yep. You're so right. Great talking to you again. You too, my friend. I hope I get to see you soon. Oh, I'm sure you will. 
I will talk to you later, Lainey. All right. Be good, man. I will do it. Bye-bye. Bye. Maybe some of these stories you heard today inspired you to share one with us. Well, you can on the Rise Up Country Hope Line at 844-717-7774. Or you can make a comment on our Facebook page at Rise Up Country or follow us on Instagram at Rise Up Country. Until next time, this is John Ritter. And remember, don't give up, just rise up.